0: This is Master Griot Radio, channel 13 on your NBBTA internet radio dial. I'm Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and I am your host for this moment in time. It's time for Purpose Driven Words, shaping thoughts, building minds, true wealth, communities, and legacies.
1: If my words had wings, they'd fly to you each day.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. This is Jacqueline Taylor Adams again, and I am your host for this moment in time. And I welcome you to Episode 2 of Christmas in July. Um, This is your 2017 Holiday Marketing Guide, and we're talking about Know Thy Audience. Know your audience, your brand, and we're going to talk about how to leverage technology to discover your audience, who's your audience, and by knowing your audience and knowing your brand, your brand um you have to know your product and the question is what hell are you saving your customer from, and or what heaven are you putting them into? so you need to know their pain point, and you need to know if you have a product that serves this pain point or helps here does this who has that pain point? Who needs it? Who considers it um, a problem? Who's looking to overcome it? Who's looking to be in your heaven? You know, these are the questions that you need to ask. And I'm going to bring on Cairo. Matter of fact, she's on. And I do need to apologize to everyone for being late. I um, I had to run downtown and lost reception. We. The train got stuck. <laughs> Anything that could go wrong went wrong. <laughs> and I was underground. I couldn't let, you know, trying to let Cairo know. But she's so intelligent. I mean, you guys are going to love her. She is so intelligent. She even knew who else to get in touch with. I came in. I saw a call from her. He said, Cairo's on the line. This woman is just so smart. But what um, Cairo's going to share with us is about how we leverage technology in order to, you know, discover this audience. You know, you do have to invest money into research and into finding your target audience because when you don't take the time to discover your target audience, you waste a lot of time and a lot of energy marketing to people who don't really want your product and you're not making the money you need to make. Um, And just for a little quick background, um, this is Christmas in July, Um, businesses, Guess what? Christmas starts in September. If you think it starts in um, December, you're you're wrong. It starts in September. People are leveraging the internet and using it to find out what's going on earlier, who got the best deal to plan and do. And they 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 start. Many people are starting to sh- they start shopping in September. Just think about it. It's it's only about twelve or less paychecks from September. Christmas so people that plan Well I'm going to get a little here a little here And this is what they do they plan They scout so if you're Waiting until November to release Your um, holiday Strategy thinking you're going to get everybody At Black Friday you're lost Because by the time they go out on Black Friday they know what they're getting And who they're getting it from You need to get your message out in Front of the people starting in September So when they are ready to shop they will come to you. So that is what this whole series is about. And so without further ado, I am going to introduce to you and welcome the tech socialite, tech evangelist, the one and only Cairo Queen. (laughs) Gee, thanks.
1: (laughs) I appreciate it.
0: All you, Master
1: Griot, listeners out for having me on. I am a thank you. (laughs) I always (laughs) like to hear how people introduce me. It's kind of like, what are they going to (laughs) say? But I'm really excited. You know, it was even funnier. I was on the phone when I looked online. I saw my picture. I was like, I always notice if I ever go speak somewhere.
0: I hand people
1: pictures and they never use the pictures that I hand them. They will always go comb the internet. And it's like, oh, I like this one. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but I just handed you the one I want you to. And look, I didn't even know that my face was going to be on there. So I bought the phone. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm on here.
0: <laughs> so, that was funny.
1: I was like, oh, there's a, my, tis the season. So. I don't want to tie up a lot of time, and I thank you all for having me on here. <laughs> but that kind of threw me <laughs> for a loop. I was like, my face is out there. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Uh, I, I haven't been on an interview for a while, but um, I'm really glad that you did this because I was thinking to myself about, you know, what is coming down the pipes, especially where technology is concerned. And can you hear me well?
0: Yes, yeah, I can hear you
1: great. We hear okay, great. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, um, I was thinking about what's coming down the pipeline for, and I'm outside, by the way. <laughs> I was thinking about what's coming down the pipeline for the coming season in technology and what a lot of people are probably unaware of that is coming. Mm-hmm. But even before you get to what you're unaware of, the fact that you have a ton of competition out there for whatever you're selling. I don't care what it is. In the yeah. space where we've become digital cyborgs, and this is something that every single person needs to know, whether you're doing an event or if you're selling a product or if you're creating a service or you issue, you,
0: you deliver
1: a service, whatever it is that you do, there is a competition for it out there.
0: I don't know yeah. how many
1: tech people I talk to, and they're like, oh, this is the only thing out there. And as soon as I go Google it, I'll find something exactly like what they do. Yeah, I'm always leery
0: when people brand themselves You know, just a quick note When you're branding Be very mindful if you brand yourself As the number one Or the only You need to be able to back that And if you can't back that with fact Then, you know You're not fulfilling your brand promise So be mindful when you put Number one or the only you know, because I've seen people do it, and I said, I actually do know somebody like that. So. I'll give you an example. Go ahead, Kyra.
1: Two days ago, I just Googled Cairo Queen, and another sister came up. Wow. <laughs> I was like, she spelled it without the W, she spelled it with the U. And I said, now here's a funny mm-hmm. thing. When I put this online almost 10 years ago now, there was nobody else, not even mm-hmm. Queen in Cairo, that had Cairo Queen out there. So I Googled this just thoroughly all over the Internet before I even put this out here. I put it and I stuck it everywhere. So Facebook messed me up so everybody understands. And this is something that people need to understand. When you start doing stuff with Facebook, they control their universe. If you don't own Mm -hmm. it, you don't control it. So they can come back at any point in time and say, here, let me transition you back to what I want you to be. Now, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. I use Cairo in my waking life, not just in my digital life. So a lot of people, they'll use mm-hmm. their online name. If you go and look me up, I'm Cairo everywhere. Yes. But now on Facebook, they told me I wasn't Cairo queen, and they couldn't prove that, so they wanted to put my birth name on there. And I was like, who are you to tell me who I am?
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm on their platform.
1: And I had clients on there who I had other um, Facebook groups and pages for. And if I would have shut yeah. that account down, then I would have lost their stuff too. Mm-hmm. So it was just interesting. And I said, this, it's been a wake-up call for me in the space of looking and saying, there needs to be a space. And this is something I want everybody out there in the universe, whether you hear it in a replay or you hearing it live, listen to me when I say digital ownership is the only way that you actually own something not when you're on somebody else's platform not when you're writing somebody else's brand if you get on Twitter, it belongs to Twitter if you get on Google, it belongs to Google you get on Facebook, I promise you Mark Zuckerberg owns it (laughs) and it's been a wake up call for me specifically because, and I don't know if anybody knows who I am out there anymore at this point, but I had a digital footprint of almost a million images (laughs) So yeah, maybe a little, but I had a digital footprint of almost a million images. I used to keep track of this every single month. So I knew what was out there. Now I have people call me and say, I can't even find you anywhere. And I'm like, that's because I associated for years everything that was online was in my Facebook account.
0: Even though I had things
1: in other places as those things transition with the changing of my name, everything that had a digital footprint for Cairo Queen went back to my birth name. And so now I literally have to argue with people what my name is. And I'm like, and no offense to anybody else out there, but they will accept a man transitioning to a woman in public view before they will let me be my name. <laughs> mm, I'm it's like, no, no. a name transition. <laughs> what is it? So it's just interesting, but Looking at what's coming in the future, you have to look and say, even though I'm Cairo Queen, there is now Cairo Queen spelled the regular way of Queen, so now I'm going to confuse people with what I do and what she does. She's just somebody who wanted to use the name. I actually branded this for a reason. So i am yeah. been using this for a reason. There used to be a website named Cairo Queen, so you can go to all the stuff that I had on Facebook, and you'd also find the reason why I put it out there on the website. I don't have that website anymore. I made four different evolutions. I'm in a space where I'm thinking Cairo. <laughs>
0: but I'm doing a digital revolution well, that's of my good. own. That's good because I'm in an evolution too. And, you know, your brand should evolve and you should involve yeah. your audience in that process. So Cairo 4.0, everyone that knows Cairo Queen, they are nowhere near surprised. And they're like, well, where are we going now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got the quantum. <laughs> A lot of innovation, right? Like where were going? It's like where, are going yeah, out? It's like, where are you going
1: to take us now? It has everything to do with the future. And the reason I said this, I looked at the history of everything that is associated with African American people and I have not seen a future focus for our people. And I said, okay, I don't know any political platform that has ever focused on the future. Where do we sit in 2040? Where, where do we see black people in 2040? You know what I mean? We always are talking about our history and our struggle and the things we got well, to overcome. Well, there's a
0: black futurist. There's the black futurist. you mm-hmm. look it up, black okay. futurist. hmm. Okay. Oh, well, that's and they, and they do with. books and writing. Yeah, yeah. They do, you know, a lot, even fiction works and all, but there, there's a um, black futurist. Um, maybe Kwame, he's on a. In Urban Tech Fair, too. But that spills into a lot of, you know, um, a lot of the tech people. But they, they it's black futurists. So that's one oh, of so them. Yeah, and I think te- that's one more.
1: <laughs> now, in technology, we have a future, a future folks for. But I'm talking about, like, the infrastructure of where we go. We've had Black Wall Street. I need to find like where's our projected view of where we, as a population of people, are trying to go with this.
0: Ultimately, at what date I, and yeah. time does this
1: end up at that date? You know what I mean? We well, yeah. To I, I, I totally agree
0: with you. I, I think we don't we don't focus. We're always we catch trends after they've happened and and, and opportunities for the most part when the windows are closing. We don't celebrate, I don't think we celebrate our innovators enough, the people that come up with the new things. That's why when Jason came up with the idea of the conference, I said, well, let's do something a little different. Because initially it was like a lot of that's out there. Like, that's already being done. Let, if we all come together as bright as we are, just imagine the urban tech fair people alone, but just imagine we all come together, community stakeholders. Those are the people who care and want to help but don't know how. And we brought our entrepreneurs, people already in business who want to get better and in intensive. But if we all came together with our mind power for, and, and realizing that once we get together and come together, we automatically are starting to create if we provided a structure for that creation, what would we what would be what would we create? We shouldn't come together and not produce. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. We shouldn't come together and not produce. You know I mean y I just to me you know just our conversations alone, but you know when we get together where we start going. So if we know that's what's gonna be the process, the purpose we come together, we should walk away with something. We should exactly. produce something. And, and, and you got so me the, into that forethought when you said about those people <laughs> was looking for stuff. And sure. that's what made me structure it. Say, you know, we, I listen. Structure a forward
1: movement, and I know this is off topic, I'm sorry, but a forward movement for the infrastructure. When you say the word infrastructure, and I hate do this to everybody because I'm sure everybody doesn't like this man but he said Donald Trump President Donald Trump said that he wanted to create a one billion dollar was it trillion dollar trillion dollar infrastructure program for the United States of America immediately that created money money for things to be built money for jobs to be created even if the stuff hadn't been put in place When we say by 2040, we have a new infrastructure layout for the global African-American dynamic city, you know, an example, Mm -hmm. our transformation point from that conversation forward gives us a a reason to put money in a place, even if it's not our money. Mm -hmm. We say by 2040, the infrastructure for Atlanta is now going to be four-fifths. You know, I'm just just throwing this out there. And I say this because I've looked at the transformation of what has been done to Atlanta in the last three years being here, where they have literally taken a population of people and completely moved them out of the inner city and pushed them somewhere God knows where because they aren't even tracking where these people went to. But the whole entire population of Atlanta is transforming. I was sitting with a politician uh, last week, and she was telling me that 250,000 white people have moved into the Atlanta proper area where Atlanta's population was 59% African-American. And we know that's about redistricting. Yeah, it's about redistricting, it <laughs>
0: about changing the think Now, see, that's the thing about it, too. We need to, like, listen when our people talk about this. 1996, Dr. Claude Anderson put out with the Harvest Institute that they were going to start redistricting. And he gave mm-hmm. us a strategy how to still prosper within what they were trying to what they were gonna do. He first said stop not claiming yourself as black. We wanna be everything. I'm this, I'm that. We're going out to ancestry and you need to question how right that is, what they're giving you. They've already brought in a question some of the stuff about what they're reporting. And I know some of it, a lot of the reports is just not matching what I know, but what I've always known. And but um, So we're trying to say we're all of these things but whatever we want to allocate because that's how dollars are allocated. So we're that's considered right. a minority and it's black folks. So if you stop becoming black and now you check out all of these other boxes, you water us down and the funds – become watered down that are allocated for us. That's why they they made us a minority, and instead of it just being blacks a minority, women a minority. All of these other people and all groups are now minorities. Now that minority money has to get all split up. Now they're splitting up how you're black. And so... Right, so...
1: I would look at that, and and there's a reason why, and I know he said that, but I look, and I'm like, if you look at the actual terminology used, it's altered because they change what it means because of that. Just like they're redistricting areas, we have not paid attention to what's happened to paperwork and in the legal space what is happening to the definition of things. And I've been showing people this, like what when you go look, there's a form I wish everybody would go look up, and it, it refers to a um, government employee, which is everybody. Everybody's a taxpayer. And it gives you a definition of race. Everybody go out online. You can do this right now on Google. SF, like San Francisco, but SF-181 is a form you need to go look up. And just look at the terminology, what it means that you are black, then go look up the etymological dictionary version of what black means. Because in the legal space, the verbiage that they use is not the space that we use in common conversation and dialect. People have to understand, when you're talking about legal definitions of things and how they apply to the court system and the legal system, not necessarily to the United States of America, but to the infrastructure that is known as our legal system in this country, the terminology is completely different. And this is why... I, I started telling people this. I don't want to say this on air, but I'm going to say it anyway. When you start to understand why certain things are happening to us, it's because we specifically do not understand the legal term in which we are applied to. So when we go to court, when we're addressed by a police officer, what it means when we go vote, who we are when we go vote, what, what that means to populations of people. Go and understand. Don't look at it at the surface. Get the full understanding of what the definitions of these words are and what circuit of population of people that it's applying to. Then you will understand why certain things are happening. Then go back to the Bible and understand that everything that happens in the United States is based off of biblical text. If you have never read the Bible, you don't have to be religious. Read the Bible and you will understand the United States of America. And when you understand all these different things that are happening, you can understand allegory, you can understand uh, sacred geometry, you can go and understand the colors that are utilized in the United States. Why is Facebook blue? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you understand the reasons why certain things are happening in this country, because there are definitions of things that don't apply to the regular person. They apply to or the regular human, I should say. They apply to the person that's been created in the United States of America. So if you are a person that falls under the legal construct, and you, this is a whole other conversation. Let me not even get that far. we got to
0: go back to what's happening. <laughs> I don't want to get that Yes, down. let's, let's go, go get to our target audience. <laughs> but you see yeah, now, everyone, why you, you need to this. tune in to Cairo um, <laughs> Queen, and you can catch her on Tuesdays at Taste of Technology. So if you just Google Taste of Technology, we'll make sure she provides the information at the end. But it's a taste of technology every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's 5 p.m. on the West Coast. So you can Um, tune into a taste um, of technology.
1: That is being shifted to a morning show. At this point, it's supposed to start this this July, where we're going to be launching a morning show on a digital platform called uh, 108 Praise AM. And that's mainly because my population of people that I can actually get to usually fall into that space so if I can touch more people it's like nine million people I can get to in that space live on mm-hmm. Tuesday morning from 6 a.m until I think 11 so that might be noon, yeah. 6 a.m we'll start a morning show about technology and reaching out okay. to a mass population of people or the automatic audience um, that I can tap into but going back to where we started which is staying on course with your brand, (laughs) but looking and saying, what do I know that's happening with technology coming forward? Or what do I know that's happening with the trends for the holiday season coming forward? I have a lot of competition, so I have to start right now. And the reason I got to start right now is because I have a ton of competitors. You understand this. If you know who's doing their release at Christmas time, and I'll give you a heads up. Microsoft is bringing out Halloween for the consumer. Christmas mm-hmm. so when you see all this virtual reality stuff coming forward they're programming your audience for what they're about to release for the holiday season just like they did when the Wii came out and when they start to mm-hmm. plan for the new PS 2, Or when you plan in advance and you say okay well how do these quarters operate if you're in a specific industry you need to know when the quarters change if you're in government, you know when the quarter change, who has money and what budgets during those time frames because they'll be creating things at that point. They'll have new initiatives coming out. They'll be dropping new products at that time. You know where their RFPs is going. They have to turn around and, and, and find out when these products are, are going to be approved or not, you know, and how the company's going to shift left or right with that. When we understand these things from a business standpoint, do we understand the skill that we – I know Microsoft HoloLens is coming out. Now, I'm a virtual reality builder, designer, gamer, whatever. I'm planning to get my stuff out now so when people are already purchasing this for their children, who's going to buy it first, of course, parents for their children, Mm -hmm. virtual reality headsets have to be games designed for that audience. Mm-hmm. because you're not going to get the 35-year-old who's going to be building a business infrastructure inside of the virtual space because they don't know about it yet. They're not even tapped into that space. They don't even know what this is. And when I'm saying virtual, half the audience probably doesn't know what I'm saying. Virtual applies to the unreal or the, the created version of reality. Augmented is taking your actual space and putting something into it so that you can operate. So you've seen Tony Stark, for example, in the Avengers, or everybody's seen um, Minority Report, Um, if you haven't seen that. It's a lot of things that are now using the virtual and augmented versions of things like television. Microsoft has a platform where you can physically engage, and I advise every person who owns a business right now to go look up Microsoft HoloLens. That's H-O-L-O. So, mm-hmm. H-O-L-O-L-E-N-S. So, Lens is a virtual headset that does both augmented reality and virtual reality at the same time. But they've invested already $31 billion towards this virtual reality platform. The reason why I bring this up is, like you said, we are always on the back end of everything, the African-American population, is always on the back end of cutting edge everything. While we have people talking about building websites, they're moving from a terrestrial or even your your Internet of Things space and moving into the next phase of technology, virtual, augmented. We're moving away yeah. in
0: a very and short they've been time. And they for um, a while. If people have like, missed yeah, stuff around like around Second them, Life and all of that, they were, um, you know, that's been around for a while. And then people that have been into teaching, Understanding immersive, Sandra King from the Urban Tech Fair have been talking exactly. about that for a couple of years, and Microsoft has been talking about and using HoloLens in, in uh, education environment, immersive learning environment for a few years, and they have been saying that it's coming. And um, but you know, like like people think I'm not tech and all, and how does this apply for my business and different things? So. What it is, you you just look at various trends and you see where it may and may not apply. But if the trend, like you said, they've been talking about this for years, for a few years now, and it's like, you know, they've had certain trials, some things didn't work, there have been certain purchases and all, but now they're here, they've perfected it. So as um, Cairo announced, And actually if you follow her you'll see And She's already announced this That this is coming out for the holidays This headset and augmented Then that interfaces With a lot of different things And even if Just say I do services And I don't have anything Like that Or my product can't interface in any way The way you interface it That's what's hot And people like you said Parents are buying it for their children and children, if any of if those parents or those children are your target audience, even if you're doing B2B and you have a blog, you can always have ads about it. It's coming, um, mm-hmm. special articles, guest articles. What that's going to do is drive traffic from the audience that you want to your blog. But, like, getting to it, and this is where I'm you know, Kyra to really help us. Do you have the right audience? Do you, I mean, have you really thought about it, or did you just come up with a business of product, and you're kind of winging it? And I see people do this all the time. They're a nice shirt, and they're just putting it out there. They're paying for advertising. They have no control their audiences. So go ahead, cover.
1: No, i was just saying, I think, it, too, it has to do with who the producer of the product is as well. I had just an experience recently with a chiropractic office. Now, these are people who they don't know. <laughs> you know, they're moving to a new location, and these are my personal chiropractors. And they're like, well, we're going to throw a whole shindig. We're going to do a big event. We got a bouncy house, and we want all these people to come. So they named off all these people, all these politicians and stuff that they wanted to come And then, as everybody knows, I don't know if you realize how busy doctors are and how technologically and socially unsavvy they are usually. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) They don't have time to put together events like that. So they had this whole endeavor, we're going to do this whole event. And I'm thinking to myself, you don't realize you have 25 days to put this together. And at the point when I Mm -hmm. spoke to them, there's 30 days. And I'm like, so now you have to get in touch with all the politicians, you to get in touch with their secretary first. You have to find out how to get in touch with these people. <laughs> so all this is mm-hmm. time they don't have. Plus they have children, and they have, you know, other things they're involved with. So now what I want to ask now, you while we're, we're
0: using this example, uh, Kyra, while we're using this example, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Why do you know why they're targeting the politicians? Are the Are the politicians that they're targeting – Can they help them? Um, Can they help with legislation and all that would allow or um, anything that would help with health care covering chiropractic?
1: So a politician for a lot of people, especially in the African-American community, regardless of how much black people will say they don't trust so-and-so, politicians bring um, a reputable identity to people when they're associated with you. So people look looking, they'll go, okay, so um, Senator so-and-so was at that event. You know, uh, political so-and-so movement person was at that event. So now it says they're legitimate people. So it gives you a little bit of credibility when you bring these politicians in. Now, what they have been doing, airplane flying over, sorry. What they have been doing is they've been releasing a lot of proclamations. And so we had two surprise proclamations from a mayoral candidate, and that came out as a clear blue sky, and then one of the council members from Fulton County. So that was big. So for all the people out there who don't know if they trust the Cairo War in their life and they were out there just hanging out for the free food, now they got a reason to look and say, oh, well, they've been vetted by the council. The city council says we'll put our our rubber stamp on them and say, hey, we're giving them a proclamation. We're declaring this uh it was pain to wellness. Pain the wellness day.
0: Mhm. Oh, now For the it, people who are in, out in there. that regard in that regards I would say Because you know, um you gotta be careful sometimes when you're reaching out to politicians. It has to make sense. True. But the proclamations do. And the proclamations make a lot more sense and they really do benefit um I think the proclamations really do benefit because what they're saying more than even so much that they've been vetted, what they're saying is the proclamation generally reflect that this organization is um, participates in the community. Right. Because generally they're going to those proclamations generally tells the community work how you you know what kind of person what you've done, and it shows that they're part of the community. So from a PR standpoint, that can work for you as good p r but you still got to make sure if you're doing this event and all is that actually going to bring clients in and do, you know do those constituents that these people serve can they even you know afford as a chiropractor can they really afford to come in? Do they have health care that covers chiropractic care, and if they don't, can they afford it on their own um but you know like some people. We have a senator here that does a lot of things especially around mental health and different things like that. So if you were a mental health, you definitely wanna get that senator on your side because he does the fairs, he does a lot of things in that area. There are um politicians that sits on various boards. I know Comcast, Woo, certain people they make mm-hmm. sure they're in politically because they they need um to get those favors as far as getting things, um, you know, approved for themselves. And then they also partner with a lot of um, real estate development, you know. Right. There be nonprofit groups, but they're building these housings, and Comcast becomes the provider for all those housings. So, and I just say that, and, and just to share, is like you have to know who your audience is. Because that audience will dictate everything if you're putting on an event Absolutely. if you're putting on an event and you're not including that audience where well, you may have a wonderful event, but then at the end of the day, you may not you know gain anything or you know help with customer retention because you didn't include the audience who would come, so you really want to shape everything around it because no customer, no business. So you need to know really who your customer is, and so these are the kind of questions that you need to ask. Say, like, will my, you know, will the customers come out? And then if you're putting on that event and you're inviting out your customers, what, how can you encourage your customers to invite out other people? You know, to right? Do, you know, to so have that's referrals.
1: Our, our i interject in that space because. Follow up for having, of course, politicians are connected to a lot of people, and that's the thing. People show up because they're there, and they may want to go discover some of the things that they're involved with, or they want to come see because they actually trust that person. I mean, I've had mm-hmm. I don't even get into that, but I've had a lady who contacted me literally just to get to the politician because she had a crush on him. I was like, that's interesting. (laughs) So, But you have people who follow these connections. Because a lot of times these people worked in some type of before they got into the political arena. So they have these connections that they bring to the table. Not to mention, they deal with um, uh, schools and remember contracts on a lot of things that are out there that you yourself may be able to get involved with. If you know about them, a lot of people don't go to the city websites and comb through the RFPs, you know, but politicians happen to have the insight on some of these things that can help you as a business if you get involved with the political space. But on the other side of this, if you follow up with having an event while the person is there at the event and say, hey, you know, we're offering a coupon for anybody who's here today. I'll come in, and we'll give you a free consultation on XYZ.
0: And how can they way, leverage that? Because all of these people, a lot of people got um, cell phones, so how do they leverage technology to do that?
1: So you can do digital coupons. You can set up your own digital coupon from your website, um, and you can have, and what, what this doctor did particularly, is he signed off his own signature on a coupon that was printed out. Um, but mm-hmm. Using uh, different coupon sites. You know, you can go into something like Retail Me Not and create a coupon. For okay. anybody who has been at this event, came, showed up, we now create a 50% off coupon for XYZ service or a free or a buy one, get one free BOGOs. These are important to people, especially people who just love to spend money. Those are the people I always look for first because those people are more likely the people who are going to buy just anything.
0: <laughs> and, and I, there are
1: lots of people who just like to spend money and they don't even realize it there are a lot of women and, and the who just way you get like to spend
0: money is by <laughs> announcing some kind of sale and they think right. they're saving money but they're buying something they probably would have never <laughs> thought to buy <laughs> In the first place, <laughs> but because of a sale or a bogo or something, they're gonna go spend money. My mom was one of those people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know a lot of people. like, like Oh, my look at this now! I'm like, I'm like, okay, but we didn't even have this in the budget. So, what is this? Why do we need it? <laughs> so, people will but, find um, money
1: to spend when they really want to spend it. That's another other thing. So like he's always to tell us, lie. The buyer is always a liar. They say they don't have money. They have money trust me you will see same people tell you they don't have money with red bottom shoes on the next day brand new
0: <laughs> yeah people yeah people experience. spend money on what they want and that's why exactly. you have to really figure out what does your audience want what do they feel is important it, it, it's really not about you it's not about you as the business owner it's what do they feel important cuz people will spend money if they feel like this something is a problem like say if they feel like I don't do the chiropractor because it's so expensive, but if I got a coupon, just think of how many people you go to a gym, join gyms because they offer a coupon and you can bring somebody in free on your or for uh, for one or two sessions, and the people can go there and try it for free, and they wind up buying a whole membership. It's um you you really need to know who your customer is. What do they find important? Now there are some people who don't care about a sale. You know, if it's not right. what they need, they're not going to buy it. And they only, you know, focus on things that they need. So that person, you know, if it's not what they need, you don't need to waste time bombarding those people with your sales and your specials because that doesn't turn them on. But Absolutely. what if, the, you know, Those are. And then where do you people hang out at? You know, people that are into chiropractic care, people that are willing to go there, a lot of them you find that they're into holistic health care. Yeah, absolutely. And so then they could be into fitness. And a lot of those people like the arts so you kind of you know you you break it down and you and if you have some customers that's the best place to start question them i think good a
1: really good place when you have a basic customer that you have no information on go on your facebook page and just ask them how can we service you better real simple mm-hmm. i need you to give me feedback how to, how can we be a better service to you in your position, condition, uh, need. You know, how can we be of better service to you? Is this something that you're even interested in? Be really direct. How can we be of service to you? And, and that, I think, is really simple. Um, it gets feedback. They may not answer on your page. They may go in your inbox. A lot of people mm-hmm. do that to me. I ask people a question right on Facebook, and they'll come directly into my inbox because people are afraid to be seen. So that's something you put people on the spot; they're afraid. They'll call you before they will go and put a post on Facebook. Sometimes <laughs> they will pick up the phone to call yeah. you, which is good because then you have a conversation ready um, for that person. Yeah. So, it's, there's several ways you can do surveys. Surveys you can put out there. You know, A, B, C, D, E. You know, on a scale from one to ten, if you ever had this this, this experience, rate your experience. You know, or you know, here are four options for something. You know. What do you like best? um, I do this yes. all the time. People don't realize that I call it a game Facebook Family feud, <laughs> and I have people ask <laughs> it. so I've always people always answer the question too' because they like to play games. Games are a
0: great way to bring people in.
1: There are a lot of people just yeah. sitting online
0: doing nothing. <laughs> just yeah that's the biggest thing now is to sew yeah. out an arbitrary question, one question, and then a hundred <laughs> people throw out answers. What would you do if? Or, you know, what do you like better? And three choices. And then people put what they like. And, um, you know, that's the trend. But it is a great way to collect data. And um, No, no, no,
1: you're fine. I was just going to say that they say now statistically, I think it was Pew Research that says that people check their social media platforms up to 80 times a day. 80. <laughs> I to do that, But I know even in my own time, I literally sit while I'm typing, I have my phone, I have two phones next to my computer. And I'm always, I have messages come in all the time. So I'm always checking these messages. It does hinder progress for a lot of people. That's a real thing. Um, corporations have had that problem. You know, they can't stop people from checking social media now. So they say, well, we have access to your social media. We can access your social media. You checking it off? And we, can, we can get into it. Um, but yeah. when you look and you start to think about that, that means you have a population of people who are in a certain space during different times of the day. And what are those times of the day? You know, that's what mm-hmm. you need to know. You can go on Peak. There's a, um, an app called Peak. So Peak will tell you exactly what are the peak times in your area People. I don't care what part of the world you are, but it's like this. Um, but it's a uh, um, augmentation. Not augmentation is an um, algorithm. It'll tell you what time people are on certain social media platforms during the course of the day. So you looking it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well that's important to you because now I know when to send out emails versus sending out social media posts on Facebook versus sending out a Twitter mm-hmm. versus getting on Instagram. Then you need to know this. Your population of people on Facebook are predominantly an older population when you know that the predominant population of people on Instagram are people from other countries outside the U.S. You know, who are your who's your audience? So you get in that kind of data and you say, okay, well, if I can use social media the same way Mark Zuckerberg does and monetize every head that's on my social media account by $1 a month, I can take 2,000, 4,000, 5,000 people and now monetize them. And let's just say, you know, we say, what, 10% for everything you throw out on marketing and in the social media space, let's say it's just 1%. got a billion people Mm -hmm. at 1% that you can tap into. So you think that same space with your social media account. If you have 5,000 people, 1% of that 5,000 is your market. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're consistently talking to that percentage of people every single day, and you're in their face, and you got them interacting with you, and you have them engaging with you in public, you have them coming in and buying your product, you have them coming by your stuff, watching your video, they're sharing your stuff. Sharing is caring. They turn around, and share your stuff. That's important.
0: Mm-hmm. So now,
1: for every person you tap into, you think that might be a hundred, another thousand eyes that I can get to see my stuff because those people now care enough to share your information with their audience. People liking is one thing. They just like you <laughs> when they are truly in support of what you do. And they pick up what you do and share it to their audience. That's big. That means they wanted their audience to know about what you did so much. They told them about it.
0: Mhm.
1: And so now and it's going to sit in that internet space and it's going to be able to be shared with those people and let them share it to a group. Groups have up to a million people in them now. So yeah. You don't know who's going to see your ad. I personally can tell you, and I'm in eight 900 groups, 900 I think, 900 groups circa on Facebook. I didn't put myself in those groups. I, most of the people threw me no, in those groups. No, most
0: people added. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in so many oh, groups. Just... I'll be like, hey, I look up, it's a new group. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but
1: at the end of the day, what I realize the benefit of that is, when I did a paid ad on Facebook and dropped 20 to $50 on Facebook, ad reached less people than I do in my own personal reach when I'm sitting out to groups and I'm sitting out to different people and different populations, I know what the mm-hmm. benefit of those groups are now because the numbers tell mm-hmm. you everything. When yeah. Facebook only reached 250 people and I reached 1020, you know, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. I actually have proof of that. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, but that's for a person who's engaged in social media and has been for years. If you're a person that's not on social media, you need to pay for ads because they are not yeah. letting you tap into everybody anymore. It's just not a thing. We used to be able to touch anybody around the world on Facebook, and they were like, oh, that was stupid. Let's close that down. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, they, they did.
0: Yeah. The algorithms, is your reaches. It gets smaller, but now, one thing, I still suggest everybody to invest in some Facebook advertising. And right now, I'm saying Facebook over other ones. Um, Pinterest may go a little deep, but, um, and YouTube goes deep. YouTube and Facebook invest, and it has, doesn't have to be a lot. If you do $5 here, $5 there, if you do a $50 budget a month on testing, but what you're yep. doing, the, um, the analytics they give you on Facebook go deep. I didn't even realize that, you know, for um, Far Corners for Lincoln, I actually was able to create a marketing persona just from the analytics on the advertising. I went in there, and they went deep, deep, deep. So they give oh, you yeah. some deep analytics. So, you know, you use that to test. You know, first, if it's on a page, you do it to the page and the people who like the page then you can try different audiences if you have an idea. And then if that's not working, keep going back tweaking and see who are the people that are clicking. Once you do one ad, before you do another ad, go back to that first ad. Don't just look at the number of people who saw and who clicked. Go deep. It's you you, you want to click onto the ad to you see the breakdown. In the breakdown, it's going to tell you, how people who clicked on by gender, by age, by location, and then you can go further deep, education levels, what their interests are. And um, those are key things because what are the interests? Then you'll start to see, okay, you might have thought your audience was one thing, but the people who are actually clicking on to your ad Or a whole nother age group And you know At one time I thought a lot of things I was doing Was more women And I find out there's certain things that I do I have much (laughs) higher numbers than men Right And then like One thing Where I thought I was appealing to older people I was actually appealing to A mid range like 35, 40 Sometimes 30, 35 but then where I thought I was appealing to younger people, where I thought in my mind I was going after young people, I went to a much higher range of older people who were clicking. So it's really important that you go back and look at those analytics to see who's doing what. And now you start to tailor your things to those groups and see where you're going from just people looking to clicking and converting them to buy. Everything in the world is about data. So if
1: data is the ruler of the world. Then I would say social media is the prime minister. So I <laughs> these two components in your life as a business right now, you can't beat these two components. And I'd say the only way you're not in this space is if you're dealing with a geriatric, um, extremely elderly senior citizen population. But if you're dealing with anybody under the age of 65, at this point, your space really needs, you need to be doing a lot in the social media space. And then just you find know out how many of the seniors?
0: Pocket. Cynthia Frazier. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. She was started a young group, and she thought the young people was going to come out for the training and all the seniors came out. So even that, that the seniors aren't engaged anymore, that's not really true. They are engaged. Especially and, if they are active, you know, I mean, if they're not, you know, like, you know, bedridden and whatnot, if they're active and going out, they are a lot more engaged. In my church, I can tell you set how many 70-year-old plus people in my church are on Facebook.
1: The fact so, that, and, and here's something that people got to understand, this whole virtual, and this is a great space to talk about where virtual actually makes an impact. We have all, you want to believe that or not, cyborg meaning you humanly have married yourself with technology. You absolutely have. People are dating on the Internet, people they've never seen before.
0: People mm-hmm. are doing
1: business with people just because they know them from Facebook. I had a referral, I kid you not. There was an investor yesterday that sent me a message and asked me to be a mentor. I've never spoken to this man. But because of my LinkedIn background, he looked and referred me to somebody to be a a mentor for a a full program. And I was sitting here thinking, I don't even know who this guy is. I've never talked to him, (laughs) and he's an investor. And I'm thinking, if you're an investor, I'm scared of what you're investing in because you haven't even vetted me to pick up the phone and say, "Hey, I need to talk to you." He just went
0: through my social media,
1: and that's the
0: research and. That's what I'm trying to tell my clients. If you don't have a digital footprint and you're going out there asking people for money without a digital footprint, because that's the first thing they're they're going to do. They're going to go to the Internet and research you. You have to have a digital footprint. So that's the one thing I'm working on with a lot of my clients is coming up with a digital footprint because it's not just about what you say. They're going to go see – you know if you're saying you're doing this and you're interacting with all of these people, but I don't see nobody interacting with you online that's what they're going to think. and you mm-hmm. know sometimes that does apply, and sometimes that doesn't. There's still people that all they have to do so and so has to say party, and guess what hundreds and hundreds of people are coming you know there's just <laughs> still that still goes on, and you know and that's also a learning curve like i you know I really tell people don't. Everything is not on the internet, and that is one of the things we want to talk about. When we're talking about trends and all, the one trend is for how they shopping. It's twofold. A lot of people research online, but they buy in person. Especially Absolutely. once December and all hit, they want to be out there. Um, or you know, we can do it. Walmart. You can buy online and go pick it up. Target, all of them. So many people are doing that. They still want to, you know, they don't want to wait for the shipping, um, especially at the holiday time. That can be take time. Things can come broken. So a lot of, they're doing a dual experience, and some people are starting the process in the store and all, but like, you know, I don't feel like all these lines are waiting right while they're in there. They they pull out their phone and order the item right while they're inside the store.
1: That's where I talk about the cyborg. Like, we have physically become this cyborg that we don't acknowledge. Because a lot of people like, I don't do that technology thing, but they're the first person shopping on the Internet. They're the person that sits online all day, and they're the person who met their husband on the Internet. You know, and I'm like, (laughs) you are a cyborg. And you don't even realize that my whole thing right now has been virtual transformation. I'm actually creating a um, initiative for virtual transformation, bringing people virtual reality into their real and waking life. Um, because, and, and with the senior conversation, my phone's beeping. With the senior conversation, um, we're looking at people who are going to be in a space where they don't have family members. They're detached from other humans. Some of them are not living in senior citizens' living home. They're living at home. So now you're Mm -hmm. going to listen and say where Facebook has become beneficial. A great example is my Auntie Betty. My Auntie Betty is 85, my grandfather's sister. (laughs) Okay, she's 85 Mm -hmm. years old. The only way she engages with everybody she knows is through social media unless they come visit her. She lives in Denver. Mm-hmm. She is B- okay, so Beyonce's guitars is my aunt BB. I don't know if I can say this on the phone, but um <laughs> Beyonce's guitarist, is my aunt BB McGill. So B. McGill's her daughter. So mm-hmm. I listen, I'm like, I see her sharing all of B stuff. Like I don't go to BB's page, but I know what BB's doing because Auntie Betty is very proud of BB and she shares it all over the internet. So it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing where used to go and have dinner with your grandmother your aunt and she would go and tell you about all the stuff that somebody did they don't want you to know, <laughs> you know like yeah, <laughs> this, is so this has now become your cyborg or your virtual transition into the future like people don't realize how detached from humanity we've become we're not checking yes. on seniors anymore there are a lot of them that's the largest population of people out there you know all the senior citizens anymore there's not a lot of you know help for them out there there should be A lot more than what there is. Look at our veterans. Our veterans are going to have to come into a virtual space. Therapy is going into a virtual space. People don't realize, like, this thing is so big, and for us not to be on the forefront of it is detrimental to our whole entire existence right now. So we look and say, being in the space of of cyber technology or being in a technology space, that's not what we want to do. That's not – something i want i don't believe in that that's not christianly that's not godly let me explain to you when your church went online and started broadcasting they went into the virtual space Mm
0: -hmm. okay
1: if you can reach a million people why would you settle for 30 people in a congregation yeah
0: even before the the program (laughs) when they were doing the tv broadcasting. That uh, you know that that was that's a realm of broadcasting. And, and to be honest, like people saying how the internet's replacing the TV, TV still has a heck of an impact. Absolutely. You know, we like when you Huge. see stuff like The Voice, the opportunity to be able to get up there where millions of people are tuned in. That is an opportunity you just can't pass up. And say like people always worry about winning. When I have artists that go into those competitions, I say I really don't care if you win, and that's that's not Who's the high, that's, the probability is not even that's not the probability, but the point that you can get up and do one performance and be seen by a million people, and then again this goes to million. all we talk about <laughs> our planning. If you know that you are going into a competition, and we know we got the internet and everything, and you know that if you get to a point, people are going to be voting for you then you should have your ducks in a row when you go. And this is where we have to just stop allowing things to happen, and this is where you become proactive. And that's what we're doing here with the Christmas in July. We know it's coming. We know people are going to spend more money at that time of year than they do any time. It doesn't matter if you're in a Christmas or not. This is not about a personal belief system. This is just Uh-oh. business. People with are going money. to spend the money. <laughs> So if you take the time to plan, how can you capitalize off of that? This is a time when most retailers go from being in the red to in the black. How do you capitalize off of that? And it's just planning. So I just want us to stop waiting until, you know, November, October, November. I see people do it all the time.
1: So, and, and here's a thought that I had uh, every time we have gone through a Black Friday, You and I just said, data is the ruler of the world, the mm-hmm. prime minister is social media, content yeah. is the king. So, mm-hmm. if we're in a space of understanding, black is your word. Why are we not manipulating that for our own benefit? I said that mm-hmm. a couple of y'all, know if you ever saw the ad I ran. I'm like, I am black, black you. Black
0: Friday, right? Mm,
1: yes. Yeah. <laughs> Support Black businesses. On black well, Friday, what we're doing since
0: me. you got there, Cairo. I just want to let you know, <laughs> and you're definitely going to be part of it anyway, because you definitely have to be our one of our hosts, um, um, and a producer too, because you know how to produce. She knows how to produce on on air very well. But um, thank you, thank you. This will be our second year with the B E E D C. I created an event called Ninety Six Hours because when I talk to the everyday person on the street, and even me, I know a lot of black businesses. You know, I know of them, but I can't just to know one place to go to find them. It's hard. And then you go look, oh, they're not I hear, I saw something, and you know, it's just hard to find them. And they got these directories, and there's a directory over here, a directory over there, but the everyday person on the street, I'll go outside right now and speak to my neighbors, and people are much more willing, especially unfortunately, due to the way we've been you know unduly murdered and stuff. Our community is much more willing now to support our own, but how do you identify and find those businesses? Especially for the everyday person Who may not be in the space of You know, black movement space But they're willing to support So what With 96 Hours And um, you can go to Shop96Hours.com And it's 9-6 And what our objective is Is to create Marathon TV For straight 96 Hours From Black Friday through Cyber Monday Anytime you tune in To Shop 96 Hours You're going to find Um, a black-owned business that you can shop from. And it's going to be, you know, mobile-ready sites. So that means when, you know, if you're out, if you're out and about and you're out there shopping, you still got some point in that 96 hours you can tune in and find a black business to support. And what we're doing, we're doing 15-minute segments. And they can stream from their location or they can stream into. We're going to have a platform, and we're going to the directories. And this is how we support each other. We're going to go all, to all the black business directories and ask them to share it with their, you know, their their registered businesses. And this is how we get enough businesses to cover that period. And so at any time, people don't have to, well, do I go to this directory, that directory, this, from Black Friday through Cyber Monday, Go to shop ninety six hours and you'll see something live. And we're working on a platform too. The platform we're looking at using, people can buy directly from the platform, so you don't even necessarily have to I click. I think that's go. huge. Yeah, that is why I'm. We're really working on a sponsorship to get this particular platform. But again, well, this here's is a, a huge thing in the forefront.
1: Here's a huge thing for everybody who's listening, if you're listening to the replay, if you're listening live. He just gave you a really simple tool to take what you do and expand it out. I just said sharing is caring, right? So if you look and you say, "I become a $100 sponsor. I become a $500 sponsor, or a $1,000 sponsor." Now, it behooves you. Now, you think there's 20,000 people probably listening to this audience, right? Like 20,000, right? That, that'll listen mm-hmm. to this broadcast. So let's just say she does a show, she does a live broadcast, she does this video broadcast, she taps into all these different platforms, she's sharing this all over the web. Would it not behoove you to purchase sponsorship dollars at a minimum of $100 to help her with this initiative so that she can do more advertising on your behalf and then share it to your audience once a week? Let me tell you why that helps you. This was something I've always tried to explain to my people that they don't seem to understand. This ain't about taking somebody and helping them boost their business. This is about you boosting your business. One, Mm -hmm. you can say, I have now become a global sponsor for 96 hours. Black business Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship spreading and accelerating and building an infrastructure for our people. Okay, now you've tapped into all the people who are in the black movement you have tapping to all the people who are, who are maybe just looking to say, where are their other black businesses? They don't even want your business, but they're tapping in. And they say, oh, well, you've got to be a connected person. You actually are able to sponsor. That's another thing. People will look at you when they think you're able to make a sponsorship, like you have something going on. You don't even have to have a business set up. Go get a free EIN on the Internet and establish a business from the IRS. This is going to bring mm-hmm. you traffic. I can tell you this personally. I tell you this personally from my own personal experience. I have had sponsors come to me and ask me to use my identity to tell people to do stuff. I will tell them that I'm a brand ambassador. That's all I got to do. I'm a brand ambassador for XYZ products. People will circumvent me to get to the product and go and try and purchase or get on the platform with these people. So it automatically brings them new business. They won't mention me. But the only way that they knew they tapped into that audience was from me.
0: And yeah, people think and sometimes
1: it, I'll just be sharing information. They're like, Oh, she's just sharing some more information, but they'll go click on it. And now yeah. Google and Facebook will tell you
0: who's clicking.
1: Twitter tells yeah. you who's
0: clicking. YouTube tells yeah, that's you who's the clicking. You don't just have to just and back in the day before technology, Carol I could tell you how expensive it was to get real analytics. And how hard? We've both been in, in, in entertainment. How many times have you had to pay and how expensive was radio play, and you still don't have a clue which station your stuff played on? And even if the reports came back, they really weren't that good. Unless, it made a, unless your, your thing played and made a big hit and started playing, being played all over the radio, you could pay, I'm telling you, anywhere from 3000 on up and mm-hmm. get the jankiest reports on radio play. Because they do not really know. To... <laughs> yeah, because it was hard to <laughs> really... They, to get those analytics and all. But they, they tell you, because, I mean, it is a job. now that For them to get radio play, you got to go out, talk to the people, this and that. So there's a cost, but they can't really tell you, like I said, unless your thing hits on fire. It was really hard to tell. And I stopped doing that, and that's when I'm like, wait a minute. We are not using technology. And this is with no. the black business space. And... um you know, before the green pass, and that's why I started the BBS Value Tour. If you ever see that Cairo, that's what's my impetus to start that. And I'm like, wait a minute. I say because one, also we needed to rely on something other than sponsorship. I was like, what product could we develop? I'm like, wait a minute. I know, for artists to release, it was like you couldn't release under ten thousand if you're going around for the cost of everything. And what independent artist got ten dollars to $30,000 in their pocket sitting around in order to do a release? And this is not even doing a project. This is just the money to, you know, get on the radio, do your PR, all of that stuff to get everything you need prepared to promote yourself. And I was like, I know with technology we should be able to cut these costs down. And I got that same cost down to 1500 just by using I think- technology.
1: If people would understand what technology does for us, what the Internet has given to us, it has given us the gold mine. And the problem is we're not making money because we're not using it the way it is supposed to be used. If you remember, the Internet is the World Wide Web, right? So everything on the Internet is connected. And so if you think, and I, I'll take you to religious uh, bodies, they talk about the one body. Mm-hmm. The reason I even got into technology was because I had a dream about being on the internet and I was bouncing on the web in the center. And all I saw were all these bubbles and the bubbles were people connected to this web. And when I woke up, I got the vision that it was the internet. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's crazy. If you understand that you are only one click away from one person that everybody can do this as a project, go and look. If you're not in Atlanta, Go and click on one person that is African-American on your Facebook account and look and see how many people they're connected to who are in Atlanta.
0: (laughs) It's so Mm -hmm. crazy.
1: Every person I have has one connection. Every single person I have ever added usually has one connection that's sitting in Atlanta, Georgia. And I said, that's crazy. You know, they talk about six degrees of separation. That's only like one degree of separation for me. Yeah, the another Internet person has wo- right moved us from
0: six degrees. <laughs> We're down, they're like, they're talking like it's down to one degree of separation. is the truth. And, um, I, well, I definitely divide my people up when I can with lists to say what areas they're from. And, um. So I can, you know, target people in that area. If you're looking at to touring or if you're looking to do local, or if people have regional followings, or you find you might notice again, use your analytics, use your data. You may have to go around and look at some of this, but start looking at your followers. Where do they do they all tend to be from around the same area?
1: But in, you, even in that conversation, if you understand that the internet shows connectivity. African-Americans have missed the marker on this so tremendously. There is money sitting right in our backyard. We could ask for the money outright because there are things that you have in somebody else's city. Let's say, for example, you're in Philadelphia. I'm in Atlanta, right? I have operations here in Atlanta, but I want to start operations in Philadelphia. You have connections in Philadelphia. So it would make me a a, a really good, business mind to say, why don't we create co-opted forces? You're in marketing. I do tech adaptation and information, right? So I'm, I'm a person that goes out and I train people how to do a virtual transformation. I do public mm-hmm. speaking. Do you know anybody who might be hiring someone out in that space? Why would this be beneficial mm-hmm. to you? Because now I'm going to come, I'm going to take your business and say, you sponsored me to come into this environment. So, when I'm on the platform and I'm speaking to 100 to 1,000 people, and I say, you know, thanks to XYZ Company, and I'm at this place and I'm passing your business cards out now because I'm now in front mm-hmm. of 1,000 people you didn't have access to, but you knew how to get there. You see what I'm saying? We're not using the platform. When we could turn around, mm-hmm. and, and we tried this on how many times with the Urban Tech Fair, one website, where we just turn around and say, hey, everybody is connected to this person. We do a weekly call or a monthly call even, and we say, hey, how can we create $1 memberships inside of this organization? If you get a million people in an organization to do a $1 membership per month, that's a million dollars, even if they don't all pay for it. I guarantee you that's a lot of money that you have in your pocket. You split that mm-hmm. up among five businesses collectively.
0: I guarantee you
1: that's more money than all you've seen in the last five years.
0: Every Probably month. over the lifetime of the business, <laughs> most people.
1: What I mean, you it's give just away? the truth
0: of it. You just gave away a book.
1: And this is something I think is interesting. People will give away a book and you give away a ton of information, in these, these books, right? They say, okay, we well, charge like $1 for people who are a member for your one book and all they're doing is supporting your black business right
0: mm-hmm.
1: one dollar is not going to kill people if you can multiply that one dollar over and over and over again for all your friends and i've done this and i think i'm you probably seen me doing all these different fundraisers just to show people i can create a gift literally on canva and it just says you sponsored me at fifty dollars. You sponsored me, and people will give to you if you have something that is important to them.
0: Mhm.
1: That's money coming in. You could turn around and go after on a regular basis. And people seem to forget everything is connected. Now, what can I do to make your life better? You come back with, call on me when you need something. So a person says, okay, why well, need you to come on my show? Because you, you got the information on XYZ. You can come talk about it. Sure. Now, some people would have to pay for the information that I might give to them, right? I'm never going to charge a person who has already turned around sponsored and helped me get along because they are now the reason why I'm able to do what I do. Mhm. You see what I'm saying? It's like, like we need yeah. the ability to connect with people on the web. Sponsorship doesn't have to be corporate sponsorship can yeah, come. We have locally. to start thinking plain, small yeah. people.
0: <laughs> we have to start thinking creatively and the word she use infrastructure is so important. You you know, that is why I really, you know, the pro this particular series it's like you're you're creating a plan, you're creating an infrastructure so that when you do business and when people come back to you, you are able to capitalize. So if we get the infrastructure and a plan, okay, you get an idea. We're talking about audience and all today. We're talking about trends and, and knowing your audience. Next week we're going to do a special on event marketing. The techn- yeah. technology has Totally changed the event marketing industry. The event industry Mm -hmm. is totally on a whole new level because of technology. Things that you can do with uh, your same budget. If you're doing the same thing with the same budget, shame on you. Because you can take that budget and really do some great things because of technology. And so we're going to have people to come in and talk about some of those various things because events are, again, big at the holiday season. And then we're going to be talking about, um, well, what what I called it is called you get your ag swag on. So we got audience, you want to talk (laughs) about your goals. You can't plan. To me, planning always begins with your goals. But you can't set goals for people you don't know. So I want you know we start with the audience because they they dictate and shape everything. But then what are your goals? What is the outcome that you expect? If you start doing something with no expectation, you you are going to kind of wind up any kind of way or whatever. Have an expectation. If there's a dollar, put a dollar amount. You know, quantify it. Quantify your expectations and your goals. And that then set then We're going to base those off of. Look at past things that's happened. Again, we talk about these analytics and all. You can get an idea of what happened before. Maybe you never ever looked at your analytics and you were advertising, but you never went deep. But just see what happened before, what do you want, and now you can create a plan to get from where you were to where you want to go. And then um, that's where we talk about the analytics. You go back, you're going to look at your analytics, you're going to evaluate. And then um, strategies. and In every show we're going to cover these, but we we covered a lot of different strategies. Cairo just gave you a million and one strategies. And um, (laughs) it was like really gold. I tell people when I talk, get a notepad. When Cairo talks, I get a notepad or I record it. Because there are people that really (laughs) drop (laughs) diamonds. And, and goal. And if you don't take the time to listen and or, or to rec- or write it down, I mean, in, in this opportunity may not come again. She may not say this exact same thing. She probably never say it this way again. <laughs> um, so you got to take <laughs> advantage of it. But and, um, and then at last we talk about in um, the strategies that to build a campaign. You got to build your campaign. How do you build a campaign? That's where you look at it. Cairo's was talking about, again, these relationships, sponsoring. Sponsorship, you, you now need to go say, hey, how can I add sponsorship? Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Cairo was nice with $100 and all. I really don't do sponsorship under 2500 That's just me. I don't do $2,500 enough. But strategic advertising, you can take an ad and strategically use an ad. And make it like a sponsorship And one way to do that locally Is with the churches When you're talking about entities You know how people always actually get ads And different things If the if is actually get an ad They got a congregation Well you need to require something Before you just give your money for that ad Because otherwise they're going to put it in the book People are going to look at the book And then go put it all up Everything they had at that banquet or event And not look at it again so say, okay, I'll give you this ad, but if I give you this ad and I do a full-page ad, can I leave, is there any place I can leave information? Do you send out email e-blast or something? Can I send out, uh, Can I have a special? Can you mention my special in your e-blast? You know, um, we have, like, places where we put, you know, flyers and things that are right in the vestibule that people see as they come up and down the steps, in and out You can put your flyer there Because hey You're going to give us a full page We're going to like say sure Oh yeah We'll send yeah. out a blast Jackie's sending out a blast For the church Yeah yeah That's sure sure Can you put a note in For this person But we have to start thinking You know uh, You know you. They have the whole con- They have a captive audience And so um, Or if they have the event Can I go speak at the event can I say right. something to the people? Just start Never thinking pass about up waiting. the
1: microphone. Never pass <laughs> up the microphone. Now, I tell people this every time I get on a mic, I'll go, like, if I'm emceeing, like, I just did this event, I told the people, I said, I'm going to give everybody the opportunity to come and introduce your business. I said, run up to the front. Five people came. And I said, you know what? I said, that's crazy. I said, because anytime somebody allows me to come speak, I'm coming to speak. Pay me or not, I'm coming to speak. Let me tell you why. Well, we just talked about the connectivity of people went in the room and I'm on the microphone. I looked around. I like to tell people, pull out your Facebook live, pull out your Instagram,
0: mm-hmm. share,
1: turn your video on. What they just did is broadcasted whatever I said to a thousand more people in their platform. And that's every person that's in there. So if it's 150 people in the room. I just got a thousand more people per person just because everybody turned on their camera.
0: So I'm telling people, come up here. Or just imagine, if you ask everybody to pull out their phone and go to your website, and right there, go to website, enter this, and now you can immediately download a coupon right to your phone. That's what I was asking about. But these people are sitting there with this technology, and she just gave another good idea. But these are ways you can use this captive audience, and that's going to take, what, less than five minutes? But everybody never walked away with something. Or you guys have seen an extra and they're sharing it, hey, this is a great event, uh, you know, check this person out. Now, some people may already be doing it, but if you go up there and ask them to do it, do you know how many more people would do it? And chances are they would share it with their network and tell them to come watch. This woman's good.
1: Exactly. So, if you can touch people, they'll share You can impact a person, they'll share I'm going to ask everybody that's listening to this, wherever you are in the world, whether you're listening to it now or in the replay, share this audio. What you're doing, and so you understand, you can draw traffic to your own platform just because you shared it. Because now somebody who may not have been interested in anything else that you posted may say, oh, I know Cairo. Oh, I know Jackie. Oh, I heard that radio station. You know what I mean? And they'll jump on your plate. Yeah. You have no idea who you tap into because I look – and and while I'm staying on that point, tapping into an audience of people, bringing them to your space, create a hashtag. Hashtag everywhere. I am queen, Cairo queen, I rule. Those are three different hashtags that I have. If you mm-hmm. go and look up right now, hashtag Cairo queen, spelled with a W, not a U, my face will appear with the definition of me.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay?
1: There are people who will go and hashtag one of the uh, events that I just did. I just launched a mission for women for technology. I have women, the number four tech. Hashtag women for tech is my organization's
0: movement. Mm -hmm.
1: So when you look and you say, there are people who are hashtagging it. They saw me use it. So they're like, oh, I'm going to use that too. Guess what? They're driving traffic to my hashtag. So now everything that I see that I've posted that's under my hashtag is now going to be seen by their people who are looking for that hashtag, too.
0: <laughs> so, And you know, then when women, people are looking at women in tech or women, you know, they may, they find a hashtag and then they get to accident. see the conversation around it. <laughs> and um, there, there's so many ways and various things we could do. And another thing, too, in looking for your audience, say if your audience is into art or they're into certain things, or, you know, say if your audience likes hip-hop, so maybe look up the hashtag freestyle Friday right. they, or you know freestyle you know, can you go look at the hashtag and find a lot of people who are in the hip hop, and then you know you see where they are, you know are they on Facebook, are they on Twitter? Um, let me click and add some of these people into my network. And then what you do when when you're saying something, you want to use the hashtag Freestyle Friday, add your hashtag to it so you can become part of that conversation. There are, like, just so many tools and ways in, that you can help identify and find your audience um, and discover your audience using technology that's really affordable. Some of these things are free. Some things you may want to pay for. But, you know, the thing where, you know, focus groups where you go out and they bring people, and they still do focus groups their way, and it's still good. But you can do focus groups online now. You can do it online, like, you know, the the Google Hangout type thing. Um, Bring people in. Hey, everybody get on. We see you. And um, ask the questions and get the feedback. You have ways to do focus groups, you, even if you're doing it as a conference call. You know, you get ways to bring together small groups of people, find out, you know, ask them all the questions. Like Cairo said, you can ask them your series of questions, or like she said, just put those questions out on social media, ask people directly, and start getting feedback. And this helps you just qualify your audience, and the better you know your audience, the more targeted you can make your advertising and the people you know who to go after, and the less time and energy you waste on people who just aren't interested. And I'm pretty sure Cairo can tell you, like me, how many people we done dropped over a while because we realized, we was wasting time with just a whole bunch of people who could care less. And not that they were bad people, they just could care less about what we were doing. So why are we sending them information? Why are we wasting time? And you'll see over time will people will start to alter. People might be in one place all the time, keep posting, posting, and nobody really responds. And so then they'll just stop, you know, posting. Except for Enoch Mubarak. (laughs) Don't give up. (laughs) You know Enoch Cairo? No. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) in the urban tech for Enoch. The only one person oh, 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 who never oh, oh, posts yeah, right, on right. technology. <laughs> oh yeah, he's always
1: okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Precisely. Yep. Um, yep. I so, would still oh, say but, that everybody who's out there start creating content every day, whether it be a picture, selfies with you and another person allow you to hashtag and and literally at or to tag another person which will then show up in their social media account (laughs) so do that start taking pictures with people create your community meet the people that you know on Facebook I have to do this now because I realized I got to a place where I had 5,500 people on Facebook like you said we had to get rid of people I think I've gotten rid of about 2,500 people maybe more And Mm -hmm. I've been able to zero in on people because I'm like, I don't know that person, but I kind of like what they post. You know what I mean? There are people Mm -hmm. who I promise you will come and like my page and never say a word. So I started deleting those people. And the minute I told them I was going to delete them, they came out the woodworks. They were like, oh, wait, don't delete me. Because there are people sitting there just looking at my stuff, and I don't even know who they are. They know everything about me. Great example. They call lurkers. (laughs) lurkers but there are a lot of people like i said they don't want to be seen as commenting on anything because they're scared of what that means like does that associate me with something does that make me a person who's an internet person does that people are afraid to be labeled right but they're already being labeled mark zuckerberg has you labeled down to your socks okay (laughs) so what you do in life mark zuckerberg has a label for you and what you do because they know everything about us there is no way to escape it even if you're not on the internet they know who you are you're probably labeled as a hermit so you look at this like you already are out there so you want to create the message that's going out about you i went from a space of being an entertainment icon where i was doing things on a jazz radio show i had this international radio show i wanted people that identity so i did and it took me some time i killed that version of me I got rid of all the people who didn't care about technology when I was like I'm talking technology because that was the whole reason I started in the music space anyway I'm gonna go talk solely about technology I will not talk about music no more I will not talk about jazz I don't talk about notes I don't talk about any of that stuff I'm talking solely about technology people got mad at me so they literally vacated my social media posts where I used to get almost a hundred po- hundred likes for almost everything that I would post so I said okay